0: and welcome to the african spirit reintegrated and reimagined podcast i am a sunny broken owner of a sunny coaching services and in this episode i am discussing how african spirituality has changed my life so i did a different episode where i talked about my journey into the two systems that i currently practice which are haitian voodoo and ifa in that particular episode, I just talked about the ins and outs of my journey. How did I come to be in the space where I am now doing what I do? Likewise, I um, just kind of shared different aspects of my journey in, in other episodes that I've done. So that was kind of like a full-on experience. But I've talked about just so many different aspects of ATR, right? How it affects me, how it affects other people that I work with, so forth and so on. In this episode, I, I want to talk about how it has changed me. Um, definitely, these things have served as benefits, but it's less about just the benefits, but how um, it has shifted who I am and how I exist in this world at the present stage of my life. So The first thing I can say about ATR, practicing African spirituality, for me has been a major shift in my overall Personality. I can absolutely say that practicing ATR is making me a better person in many ways because I am learning more and more about the things that I should be doing or should not be doing to support my destiny. You know, every time that I move forward, I get readings or, you know, spirit just speaks to me individually, even outside of the context of a divination session or what have you. I get a chance to learn more and more about what i'm supposed to be doing what things that are instrumental for me to get to that next level obviously you know when you do the divination you give an sack or a sacrifice which means that you connect with spirit on a higher level especially when you're doing a blood sacrifice in which case um the spirit has more energy to help you and assist you and that process happens a lot faster for me now that I'm practicing African spirituality than it was for me before when I was into Christianity or the Hebrew-Israelite movement. I absolutely got my prayers answered in and that's because I was highly connected and spirit understood my ignorance at that time. And I utilized the spiritual tools and weaponry that were available to me during that part of my journey, which primarily consisted of prayer and fasting and giving of alms and all of those different things I've, I've always been a very spiritual person once I got to this space in my life so I believe in implementing the tools to better myself I wasn't the type I've never been the type to just kind of sit around and wait on things to happen for me um however I can say I can see just advanced movement and some things that you know now i this this the irony certain things that i don't even ask for right to happen anymore in my experience they just happen things just start to change in my life and i really can't explain it in full you just kind of have to be a part of the practice to really understand what i mean by this but certain things just 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 change just shifted in my personality in my walk in my life without me taking any deliberate effort for that and i absolutely attribute those things to the fact that i do so much in terms of giving a bow and you know praying and, and giving offerings to my ancestors and even the deities that work with me being connected to those spirits on a higher level because they've always been with me but it's like i always say Everybody has their spiritual core or their spiritual team, but your spiritual team is only going to do the basics, the minimum for you that they have to do, that they've been assigned to do uh, prior to you coming into the earth if you are not connected with them on a higher level. That means that your ori is connected through them by a ritualistic process, in which case they're gonna speak to your Ori more. Your Ori is going to accept more on your behalf. Otherwise, it's just the basics. It's just the bare minimum. Understand that this is a reciprocal process when we're dealing with ebos and sacrifices and things like that. So that's a form of payment. And you're actually paying the spirit to help you. So it's sort of like, um, you know, you, you're in a position let's say for instance right you go somewhere and there's general security in the room right that security is being paid to take care of the entire room the the entire space so they're gonna do what they need to do to protect and keep it at a certain level of safety for everybody that's in that space so let's say you're in a concert or something like that right but if something breaks loose the security can only help so many people at one time. So other people are bound to get hurt, killed, or what have you in the midst of a major chaos, like a shootout or something like that. Whereas the bodyguards for like the musicians, so you're at a concert and there's you know a singer or somebody you know up on stage, that individual has paid bodyguards, so their bodyguards are going to be with them. 24 7 during that particular event they're going to be right there on standby guarding them doesn't mean that the person can't get hurt at all right but my point here in this example is that that person is more protected than the average person that's at that same event why because they are paying a group of people to protect and secure them so they have the assurance that they're pretty good you know they know something can happen but they know like their bodyguards are being paid to swoop in and handle any types of situations that may arise at that event right whereas the general public don't have that same level of safety though they will tend to have kind of a false sense of security because they may see security guards standing at the door and they feel a little bit protected but not realizing when things really pop off they don't have as high level of security. So that's my point there. And I've definitely seen my spiritual team acting in that capacity in my life. Like before they would do the minimal things and I would have certain things and I've always been blessed in specific areas of my life. However, since I've connected with my spiritual team, I see them working and moving on my behalf all the time because I'm constantly feeding them. Like there is no guard you know, there's no better defense rather than a well fed spirit. So you keep your spirits fed, especially like your, your head spirits. I'm not referring to your aura here. Your aura is absolutely important to feed on a regular basis, but you can actually feed your Ori individually on a regular basis. Um, It may come up in a divination session that the Ori needs to be fed, but otherwise I'm referring to your head orisha here. So if you've already connected with your head orisha, that's the first step you wanna do that. Um, Even if you're not going to practice full on, and I'm talking about Ifa here, right? For those of you all who've listened to me for some time. But of course, there are other traditions in which you can do the same thing where you can connect with the head spirit that works with you in the voodoo is the luamette tech so you want to feed that spirit regularly uh you want to you know do whatever other obligations are there for you based on your particular situation but feeding your head is head orisha is very very important for you to do on a regular basis likewise your other spirits and connecting with them and that's what i've done i have a huge spiritual team and i've been able to connect with them fortunately and as i do i just see them delivering things in my life that i didn't have access before access to before and I knew that I was supposed to have it I just intuitively knew that certain things were supposed to be in my way but I couldn't access them and I could feel that barrier I could feel blockages in certain areas of my life and I was like I don't know how to advance from this space because from the Christian perspective you know you pray you fast you you know like I said you give tithes offerings arms, which is charity so forth and so on and you kind of just wait for Jesus, God, however you you know, term the higher power in that faith system, you just wait and see. You, know, you keep on asking, you keep on praying, and that type of thing. Well, no, in ATR, I see things manifest pretty quickly in my life, and as I said before, I've seen doors unblocked, unlocked um, that I literally, been, literally been trying for years to open. Prior to that, I knew that they were blocked, I just didn't know how to unblock. So that's been very, very powerful for me, especially from a generational perspective. Because a lot of my doors were locked because of some things that happened in my, you know, ancestral situation. So there were a few things there that needed to be taken care of in order for me to go to the next level. Most of it was attributed to my ancestral heritage but of course some things also were dealing specifically with me because i have my own destiny so you know aside from those things i've seen a shift in my own personality i have become much more peaceful and relaxed and i used to be very very anxious i've suffered from anxiety and depression for a good portion of my life before coming into h.e.r um just very fiery personality i have a lot of fire just constitutionally within me so i could get overheated and angry pretty quickly and many people who work with me in my business dynamics probably would never even think of me like this because of you know how much i've changed how much of my personality is just so different than it used to be because i've been able to bring that fire under control like simple stuff i even talked about this on my blog Part of my taboos is that I need to wear white more because I do have such a fiery disposition. And if I'm wearing, you know, hot colors like red, I can easily get angry and you know, situations can come to me that i don't need to deal with just through wearing the wrong color and when i changed that dynamic immediately when i started wearing white because I wasn't a person to even wear white much before that i really didn't have a whole lot of white clothes i didn't even realize that until i got that taboo and that taboo actually came when i connected with my egg or runes. room so just in case you wonder different spirits have different taboos associated with you know, colors and things like that. So if you're a child of Obatala for instance, like that's going to be a very important color for you, white and definitely stand away from red. But for me, it's because of the class of Egbe or room that I belong to that that became a very, very prominent part of what you know I should be wearing. And I just noticed the change when I started wearing white and cooler colors in general, as before, I used to wear red a lot. Red was my favorite color. I still am very attracted to the color. And it's probably because constitutionally I do have so much fire in me, but I get overheated, and that's just the reality. I can wear red, and you know things just spark off. Even if I'm not the the catalyst, because of the red, it could ignite. You know, somebody to be angry with me and just spark a fire because i'm all lit up i'm all heated when i have on that color so you know simple basic things like that that you don't even realize are a part of your experience but again because we've been disconnected from our system we don't even know these factors and understand them in the same way um i can like when i say i become more social so you know i've always had like a really close close-knit of people that were around me but it was usually just a handful of people I would I've never been like a clickish groupish type of person still am not but I can say that I am more open socially to connecting with people that you know I typically would not have been as open to connecting with in the past and you know I, that was just whatever part of my personality or whatever was going on with me. I do know that part of it had a lot to do with my egg Ekbe room because I come from such a very strong class of Ekbe room. who, you know, this particular class kind of likes to keep you to themselves. So if you don't connect with them properly and recognize them properly, they can keep you in a mode where you either just don't like being around a whole lot of people or you can have problems with making friendships and keeping friendship dynamic so you know i absolutely was in a personality space where it was like a if, you know person didn't really fit within the context of what was interesting to me i i had no need for like a friendship i was like so strictly you know business work this type of thing i can communicate with you very well from a work perspective and you know get things done because i'm definitely task driven but beyond those parameters somebody you know tried to make a whole lot of just regular personal conversation chit chat with me that wasn't easy for me to do in the past and i can see that i've definitely changed in those ways in my life um definitely has made me bolder it's not that i'm a shy i was a shy person before because i wasn't i've always had like that that hot personality i was pretty strong but when i say bolder in this regard is more so in sharing my story so along with not being a very social person i wasn't a person to be on social media a lot i don't have personal social media accounts right so everything i do have right now um aside from like my WhatsApp that belongs to my personal phone, but you know I consider that more of a calling app rather than like social in the same way as Facebook and Instagram and these types of things. So you can't have groups on WhatsApp, it's still different. Um, you know those of you who use it understand what I mean there. And so, you know, coming into this space, I was already actually doing my business of sunny coaching services, and it was geared toward career, business, finances, right. But I wasn't even like really hanging out on social media like that. I would do you know, a few shares and put some stuff related to my business. But as far as me hosting a platform like I do, like this podcasting, things like that. And, you know, I recently started up my YouTube channel and, and just thinking about some other projects where I am putting myself out there more. I just would not have been in that space in the past. Right? I was not in that space where even though I was running my business, I was kind of on a low key. And, you know, I put myself in certain spaces and directories and stuff like that, obviously, so that I could be found. I marketed my business for sure. But as far as me being very socially connected, that wasn't me. And I can say practicing IFA in particular has pushed my personality in that area where I've just become you know, more bolder to share my story and other aspects of my life that I typically would not have because I, I'm a very private person and even on these platforms there's only so much that I will share part of it has to also do with taboos because there's certain things I cannot talk about um, in public forum such as this but also you know I do still have that kind of privacy code within myself where I don't want to talk about like certain aspects of my life I'm only gonna go so far and i feel like personally feel like some other people should, should you know kind of close the gap because you don't really want to be on social media telling all of your business because that can get you in trouble in a number of ways but that um you know has has really opened me up and even just dealing with a taboo topic such as this, right? So I've mentioned that before, I was so perfectly fine being in that space talking about business, career, finances, because it's socially acceptable. Stuff people wanna know, how can I make more money, so forth and so on. But when you tap into spiritualism, it's a whole different ball game. You know, you can be ostracized easily even though i am well accepted within the communities that listen to me because nine times out of ten most of the people who find me are people who are looking for this type of information but still mainstream society does not really accept african spirituality and african spiritual or traditional practices in the same way so um practicing it has really reshaped my personality to be more comfortable in this space, talking about it, writing about it as I do, helping other people to navigate their way into the traditions, right? This, you know, was something I really feel like definitely came through that process. My XBO room working with me saying, okay, get out there and do that. And, you know, I know it was kind of in my personality before because I've always been the type to like be okay with having hard conversations, but I can't say I wasn't in a very comfortable space when it came to talking about this, my spirituality and things like that in the public light until my spiritual team kind of pushed me forward and said, okay, it's that time. Let's do what we have to do now. So those are some ways that You know, practicing ATR has shifted my personality. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll talk about some other ways in which my practice has changed me. So before the break, I was talking about how practicing ATR has really shifted my personality. So some other ways I can say African spirituality has definitely changed me is that it's made me wiser and so much more in tune with myself and my intuition, right? Definitely wisdom comes as a result of life. But studying and interacting with nature has a way of giving you a whole different set of tools and know-how and knowledge and you sit back and just pay attention to what's going on and how the animals interact and how you know natural elements impact you so forth and so on so it's giving me a whole new level of wisdom i would say likewise as i said before my intuition so i've always been strongly intuitively connected my spirit Has spoken to me since I was a very young child. I would know stuff that I wasn't supposed to know. During the early phases of my life, I just, you know, rocked with it. Right? I was young. It, you know, wasn't a thing for me. Wasn't until I got older, as I advanced, I should say, in age, and you know, started to deal with people and realized that my gifts wasn't so easily accepted by others and you know people would be skeptical even if you're telling the truth and then sometimes people would even try to abuse it they want you to tell them everything about their life without pouring back into you and i'm not just saying from a financial perspective here but We have to understand that spiritual work is reciprocal right just like there's nothing in the spirit world for free for the spirits the same applies to humans and sometimes people want to come and avail your knowledge and your know-how um without feeding you in return so whether that looks like them actually paying you a fee for what you do or maybe just giving you a gift or um some level of appreciation right some some type of reciprocity because let me tell you guys those of you who are empaths or really spiritual people do understand that you need to collect something for what you do doesn't even have to be a whole lot but you know even if you tax somebody five dollars right they come to you for a reading you may spend you know 30 minutes an hour in a reading session don't do everything for free because in doing so you leave a void that is going to impact you and not those people. And and that's what used to happen to me, because for me, I wasn't doing what I do for money. It was just a natural, innate part of who I was. And I was so young at the time. It was like, you know, yeah, of course, if you give me a few dollars or whatever, I would appreciate it, but I didn't have a need to work or anything like that. My parents took well care, really good care of me, you know, so I was, I was okay. Um, So that being the case, you know, I learned to really focus and dig into my intuition and, and pay attention to what my spirits were telling me more and more after I came out of that phase of my life of just kind of growing in my gift and learning my gift and who I was and what it meant um but then i had to counterbalance that too with the notion of christianity because for those of you all who are familiar you know divination and you know necromancy things like that are actually against many interpretations of biblical text so i'm not gonna say it's against the biblical text because um you know in certain places in, in the actual bible that is available to the masses of people today but likewise in the apocrypha um divination and such practices were actually done on a high level right um you even have joseph in, in the book of Jasher talking to his deceased mother and she responding back to him so you get a chance pick that up guys and read through those things if if you're having some challenges with trying to overcome the teachings of christianity against you know what we do in atr but going back to my point so i had to recondition myself to Understand it what I was feeling and what I was knowing is correct and not be shy to communicate those things. And even on a high level, because you know, when it's good things, yeah, people accept it. Yeah, you know, if I see a blessing coming your way, if I see some good things, people will accept that. But when you tell people negative things, they don't always want to hear that. So I had to get into a space where I was not only more in tune with my own self and knowing that you know what i was feeling what i was seeing and hearing in the spirit realm was correct and i could vocalize those things to people but likewise i had to get into that space of being okay with sharing you know information that wasn't always so pleasant to the hearer but it was something that they needed to hear nevertheless so all those things have made me more in tune because i do spend so much more time focusing on building my intuition because i understand how important it is now another thing i can say is connecting me on a much deeper level to my extended family so in pretty much any hr system you will find the significance of family being closely connected to your actual bloodline is so absolutely vital when you're dealing with H-E-R for so many reasons, no matter how horrible they are. That doesn't mean that you have to be in an abusive situation or relationship with anyone because you should not be, but you do have to reconcile those things from an emotional perspective, even if you're not going to be physically around those people because those things can and often do result in generational patterns and blockages and curses and all manners of things so um with my family dynamics i'm not gonna get too deep into this but i did come from quite a bit of dysfunction in my childhood home and also in just within my whole family dynamics like we had a lot of stuff going on right and so that made me bitter to an extent with my parents with you know even some ancestors and so forth because of the things that they had done to cause our family to be in a certain space. And so when I went into ATR, it would actually come up in my readings, you know, like I need to reconcile these things and, you know, I had to do certain things for my parents in in order to get back connected with them properly. And it has been such a beautiful and amazing experience as i've done so it's caused me to be more closely connected to them helped me to understand the significance of family but likewise you know it it has helped me to grow tremendously in my spirituality another dynamic is that i start to look at life from a very different perspective now that i had knowledge and understanding of what's really going on in the spirit so i stopped asking a lot of these questions why me when i went through hard things in my life because for one like my even darkest hardest moments and trials in life always come with something good right so you know yes i go through i'm not a pollyanna by any means but I do realize that my spiritual team has my back, and they even had my back before I started to connect with them on a higher level. But even more so, as I said in the first part of this episode, they have me even more right now because um, I am so highly connected with them. So I just stop asking those questions, you know, like, why me? Why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to, you know, this have to happen in my life? And just you know accept what's going on and seek to change it and that's another beautiful thing too knowing that you can change things like in e5 for instance we believe the only thing that you cannot change is your gender and your race that's it so you have a health problem if you have relationship issues if you have money issues whatever it is those dynamics can be changed with a proper spiritual work Doesn't mean that it will happen overnight. Doesn't mean that it'll even happen with one ritual, or one ceremony. It may be something that you have to keep working at, but it can happen. And I've seen, I've been so, so blessed to sit from a unique perspective, and not only doing my spiritual spiritual work, but helping other people get spiritual work performed and seeing. The vast changes that have occurred in people's lives, so I know it works, and so it changes my personality. Instead of saying why, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the purpose in what I'm I'm going through, why am I dealing with this, and then you know how can I correct it, right? Because. Everything, too, is in spiritual. Some things are, are physical. Just because you're practicing ATR does not mean that your life is going to be perfect. You are going to run into some physical aspects of life that were ordained for you to run into so that you could deal with them properly, so that you can learn valuable lessons and grow. Um, some of it is overcoming karmic depth and things of that nature, right? Um, along those same lines is, You know, I stopped waiting for Sky Daddy to come and save me, right? So that's what Christianity is all about. You know, Jesus is going to come and save the world. And we don't have to do anything in order for, you know, that reality to come through. Jesus comes back. He's going to correct everything. And I think that that is the major issue in black communities today. Black people are sitting back waiting on a savior. They are waiting for Their heaven to come in the afterlife. We as a people group have become so complacent, waiting on somebody else, something to happen to come and save us that we don't fight for ourselves. We don't fight for reparations. We don't fight for just and fair treatment. We don't fight for anything. Instead, we are waiting for the Savior to come and rescue us, swoop us up in the sky. We believe in, you know, the, the. which is the tribulation um being caught up i forget what they, they call that process but if you believe in that notion rapture that's what it is if you believe in being raptured and all of these different things we don't do anything to change our condition in a proper way and that's because we've been taught you know so that line wait on jesus because he's gonna come and make everything right so for me you know, i stopped that because I no longer believe in it. And actually that came before I even started to dig into ATR, but you know, the reality of this, this savior complex, especially coming into ATR and that dynamic is not taught. It's not taught that somebody is going to come and save you. It wasn't like that Jesus characterization was replaced with another deity or what have you. No, we were, you know, we are taught, you are gonna experience certain things in this life and it's up to you to you to go through and work out your own condition, work out your own situation through you know proper interaction with your spiritual team, work those karmic lessons out, figure it out for, I wouldn't say for yourself, but figure it out with your spiritual team. We're not left alone in the dynamic, but we're also not meant to sit back and wait on somebody else or something else to come and save us and just give us what we need without us doing anything on our own behalf and again like i could go for days just talking about that topic alone how detrimental that mentality is to the black community but i'm going to shift to another point about you know what i've experienced with how it has changed me which i can't say this has also made me a whole lot less anxious nervous fearful so forth about my eternal destiny so you know along with that notion of you know sky daddy jesus is going to come out and save you there's also the opposite end of that is that you could you know die and go to hell and I personally never really got a clear understanding of what that really and truly meant, right? So I've heard so many different things. If you die in your sin, you're going to hell. Well, what does it mean to die in your sin? I've heard dying in your sin means like you, you die, and you don't believe in Jesus. And then some people are saying, like, you die, and you, you know, actually have outstanding depth or whatever, right? You've done so many things, kind of like you, you're bad, outweighs you're good, this type of thing. And I could never personally wrap my mind around the notion that somebody could just come and confess that they believed in a savior and they've done all of these horrible things in life. And just in that moment that they were saved and they were going to go into a better space when they left the earth. And like, really, you know, because it just doesn't make sense. Especially when you compare that to somebody who's lived a beautifully decent life through the majority of their life, but then they never, let's say they ever even came into the the thought pattern or the know-how about Jesus or what have you, they just have lived in this really remote village location somewhere, anywhere in the world and just never got teachings on Jesus but they they served their communities they were nice to people they did all of these great and wonderful things but that person was gonna die and go to hell because they did not believe in Jesus like so much fear-mongering going on in there so anyhow because I never had a clear understanding of What did it actually mean or look like? I just remembered always feeling anxious and fearful about my eternal destiny. Like, where am I going to go and what should I do? And just, you know, I felt like any little thing could send me off into, you know, the netherworld. when I started, when I picked up ATR, I realized it wasn't like, it is not like that. You're still supposed to live a life of good moral character. It's Not like you can just do whatever you want to just because you're practicing ATR because that notion is taught in, in every system that I even know about, the two that I absolutely practice, you're never encouraged to just do whatever you want to do and to do bad negative things. You're encouraged to live a life of goodness, a life of humility, and things like that. However, you're also not just eternally condemned as soon as you do something that, you know, may be considered taboo. I'm not even gonna say sin because that's not really what we call it. But, you know, you do something that is against your own personal taboos or communal taboos or, you know, the taboos of the, the system itself you have a way to make a means for it. And I love that. Like, that's what that sacrifice is for. And, you know, that's what they say Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for. But it was just always really cloudy for me. You know, like, it's just that one time you confess Jesus, but then you do something thereafter and, bam, you, you're okay. Or do you have to continuously confess Jesus every time you do something that you, you miss the mark or what have you, what they call sin? I didn't know it was just so fuzzy and hazy to me and now I'm in a space where it's like I don't even think about those things like I just continue to do what I do try to live the best life possible definitely not perfect wasn't perfect before that not gonna be perfect into the day that I leave this earth because that's not the reality for anybody um but I do try to live the best that I can you know I try to be an honest person a decent person I try to you know treat people the way I want to be treated and all of those things that you know kind of belong in living belong to living a decent moral life but I don't have that same fear notion that I used to have Surrounding that part, uh, that aspect of my journey. So, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and come back and share some more things that you know have happened in my own experience where I feel like African spirituality has been so instrumental for me personally. Eleki bees are a type of spiritual totem commonly worn by devotees of the ephi tradition. These sacred charms provide you with protection, guidance, and wisdom. Asani Coaching Services offers premium, specially designed eleki bead sets. These amulets undergo a careful selection and consecration process in which they are ceremoniously blessed by an Ifa priest. To learn more about our eleki beads, visit asani44.com. That's A-S-A-N-E-E-44.com. So I am back talking about the things and the ways that practicing ATR has changed my experience. I want to close this episode with one last thing and I can say that that is my concept of poverty and like my understanding of these particular dynamics. So, you know, I remember growing up for some reason, like poverty is always just you know, been a part of my, tugged upon Tugged upon my heartstrings, I can say that. I remember, you know, watching the images of the little children in Africa just being so poor and destitute. And even in my own personal experience, where I would see people who were suffering, homeless, and things like that. I just always felt sorry for people in that way. And I just I felt so bad. And then, you know, as I grew and you would learn about all the statistics where, you know, all of the poverty and things like that kind of fell on black people as a race as a community and I never understood that and it, it, it bothered me like that's one thing that just always bothered me I was like you know why is it that we suffer so much um in this particular area because even at a young age I understood the importance of economics and how much it played a role in power dynamics it's beyond just race you know it's, it's a huge thing we get our money together as a black people group we we pull it together work with it let it circulate within our communities um likewise build up our communities with our economics we could be so powerful race would completely disappear that that factor would disappear so going on with my point I um you know I just used to wonder that and I used to feel sorry for people feel bad that people going through things so forth and so on wasn't until I moved to Africa that like my spirit really showed me the poverty it's not about that physical person or the physical well-being is about a mental state. Because what I saw when I lived in Africa just changed my mind. This is actually before I got into ATR, but I'm going to talk about the aspects of when I transitioned into ATR as well, how that further reshaped my ideology about poverty and lack so when i got there and i saw all these people in need and so forth and I, I would hire people you know to work for me and things like that just so that they could have some money because i didn't always even need the people to work for me but it was like you know what if i could give you a little bit of a, a job and so forth then you know i could i can see you going to that next level um and so i would help them and what i noticed is that Whenever you gave certain people, I'm going to say for the most part, anytime I gave anybody that worked for me anything extra over above what their normal pay was. So sometimes I would just do nice things for them because, you know, I may give you something extra. And they would waste it. They would not do anything productive with it. You know, it it was no different than somebody here in America, regardless of their race, who won the lottery for instance and they were already in a space of poverty and what do they do with that lottery winning they take it and blow it they may go out and buy alcohol cigarettes party with it but they go and spend it on something stupid something that is not going to advance them because they just look at it as like oh i got extra money versus wow let me take this money and reinvest it So what happens in those situations is that the people stay in a perpetual state of poverty because they don't know how to manage their money and it's a mental state. And so I started to understand that dynamic from a physical level. When I did live in Africa, when I transitioned into ATR, I really began to understand how it is an effect of generational patterns of or what you may call a generational curse that affects so many black people worldwide has a lot to do with our ultimate downfall because our ancestors started to use our beautiful wonderful um magic and power against each other and in doing so we lost some of that access and we did fall Right. And part of our failure would be economic suffering, because, as I said before, economics is power, no matter how you slice and dice it. This is one of the reasons why black people continuously stay in a space of suffering as we do, because we don't have the economic power. Irrespective of what somebody thinks about your skin color and what we've been through historically, if the dynamics were to change in a, in a flash or an instance where black people held and properly managed the economic power in the world, all of those things would change overnight. It would be no such things as color and race and all of these things that keep us on the bottom. Because then we would have the power and people would be forced to submit to us irrespective of all of that history right it don't even take any mental conditioning things would just switch but it's not that way because for one we as a people group are under the duration of a curse until we you know come back to our system properly reconcile those ancestral patterns and advance in our life overall but that's what you know practicing atr really helped me to understand in a whole different way and it made me to rethink so much so many things that i um learned about just the way the world works in general but definitely poverty lag things like that so f- obviously i stopped feeling sorry for people in the notion of just them being in poverty in and of itself And instead my goal was to then educate those same people because when i started to see that i literally set up a class on budgeting and stuff like that i didn't get into investment because you know at the time the people i was dealing with they just weren't even at that level but it was more so about budgeting and spending your money right and i would literally teach this class like once a week to people who work for me um and say hey this is Right. this this is the way we master our money and master our minds and so forth and so on it was a free class right i was giving them the knowledge that i had at that particular time I, i've even grown so much since that particular point but suffice it to say i did do something about it within my own environment at that time now i look at it and i understand that people are suffering because of A lot of it is spiritual. A lot of people are in in this situation spiritually. It's not just Africa. It's just really the whole world. It's not even just Black people, but my emphasis is on Black people because that's my community. We are suffering a lot because of the spiritual dynamic. And i have seen this. And so, you know, I still have that bit of frustration because I do know that, first of all, a lot of people just don't even know it's spiritual. And even for those who do know it's spiritual, sometimes it's a situation where they don't have the finances to, you know, even do something about it. Maybe they don't have the money to go and even get a reading. Or um, if they can do the reading, they may not have the money for an in their boat. You know, it's just always going to be that situation until they start to connect properly with their spiritual team. And there's a way, they're always around and I always tell people, come to me like you get a reading and, and the Evo comes up and it can be expensive. I know that and I can do the same thing myself. Pray to your ancestors. Talk to your ancestors. Talk to your spiritual team. Whatever spirit is asking for whatever elbow, let them know, hey, I want to give you this, but I don't have it right now. So you need to make a way for me. And the spirits will make a way if you ask for it in a sincere heart. The important thing for you to do thereafter is for you to use whatever resources that are provided for you for that egoic sacrifice. Again, don't go and spend it and waste it when you see extra money come through because people actually do that. They kind of forget about, you know, the prayer and what they said. And then they just all of a sudden see, oh, I got an extra $300 since I wasn't I wasn't planning on getting this month. And, you know, it's party time. And they forget about that commitment and they actually put themselves in a worse space when they do stuff like that, when they spend the money that was meant to be allocated for their abode or their sacrifice elsewhere. So, you know, it's coming out of that whole mental space of poverty and lack and so forth. So with that being said, these are some of the major things that I can say um, practicing ATR has done for my life thus far. There are so many other things, but I just kind of wanted to touch on the, the main topics in this particular episode. Hope it has been helpful for you. Hope your journey is likewise very much so progressive and helpful in many ways. With that, I'm going to go ahead and say our will Please have a very blessed and beautiful day and beyond, guys.